You're listening to And hey, you're listening to Books and Boba, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian-American authors. And my name is Marvin Yu. And I'm Rira Yu. And we are here for our May 2022 mid-month book news episode, the APAM, APA Heritage Month 2022 edition. Um, Rira, how has your Heritage Month been going? Um, it's been pretty busy with me going to book signings and um, managing our reading challenge. For those of you who uh, are unaware, we're doing our annual Asian Books Challenge. Uh, we have two reading challenge boards available. Marvin has taken Everything Everywhere All at Once, and I've taken the Turning Red board. So I've been pretty busy with that. How about you, Marvin? Yeah, I mean, pretty busy uh, filling out that board. Um, Rira and I are um, alternating day by day um, going through um, our respective book recs. Um, I've also been busy with, um, it's APA Heritage Month, which means it's the busiest time of year for both of us. Um, Lots of events that uh, we may or may not go to. Lots of physical events this year, which has been kind of iffy. I feel like I've been busy just going to virtual events. Yeah. And I prefer it that way because I am very paranoid. Whenever (laughs) I go outside, I'm like the only person wearing a mask. And I'm like, why? The pandemic is still here. It's still like super contagious. Yeah, yeah. I was just in. Um, I was running a few errands yesterday in Orange County, and oh, Orange County's the worst, <laughs> Marvin. It was pretty bad for the most part. Then, and, and then I stopped by an Asian bakery, and everyone was masked. I'm like, ah, oh, my people. Yeah, you have to stick to the Asian neighborhoods because they know what's up. <laughs> they know what's up. Uh, but yeah, we are here to talk about the latest book and publishing news from Asian and Asian American authors. So let's get started with the latest publishing announcements. Uh, this list is curated by Rira every month, sourced from Publishers Weekly and social media. Um, so let's get started. Um, Rira, what is our first announcement? Amulet Books of Abrams has acquired Ila Wen Hayama's debut YA novel, Benton School of Esoterics. In this magical boarding school story set in Japan and drawing on Asian myths and folklore, an ordinary Tokyo girl discovers her powers and her best friend, a Korean fox spirit, battles prejudiced suspicions as they hunt the evil spirit attacking students. Publication is scheduled for 2024. Ooh, magical boarding school sounds pretty fun. Asian magical boarding school sounds even better. Yeah, it also sounds like... Not to be stereotypical, but hardcore when it comes to, like, academics, you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's by ranking. Everything is graded on a curve. I mean, isn't that the case for any, like, boarding school, though? I feel like boarding school has always been for, like, elite kids, at least in my mind. Maybe it's not the case everywhere, but I feel like when I think boarding school, I think uniforms. I think rich kids with parents who don't want to parent them. Well, her... The character's best friend is a Korean fox spirit. So I'm wondering if all of the characters are like uh, supernatural creatures. Maybe. And not just like humanoid creatures. Maybe. But yeah, it sounds like a ton of fun. And looking forward to learning more about Illa's book. I don't know if it's Illa or Isla, but <laughs> there's no pronunciation guy. <laughs> Someone will correct us online, <laughs> probably. Um, all right. 
Next up, Aladdin has acquired an exclusive submission. Gigi Shin is Not a Nerd uh, by Lila Lee, uh, which will be her debut middle grade novel. Uh, pitched as The Babysitter's Club meets Front Desk, Gigi Shin is Not a Nerd follows the story of a 12-year-old Korean-American girl who aspires to escape her boring Texan suburban town and go to a prestigious summer art camp in the Northeast but can't afford it. So she starts up her own tutoring business with friends to pay the way. Publication is set for spring 2024. Wow. Is If this isn't my life as a college student where, <laughs> where I helped people write essays um, and got money for, for my time. Yeah, but you're making college student money there. This is like a 12-year-old. This is like middle school um, tutoring other kids, which to be fair, if you were to do a babysitter's club, quote unquote, for Asian kids, it would make more sense to be a tutoring service than like a babysitting service, right? I guess so. Uh, like, I grew up going to cram schools, so <laughs> I was the one who was being tutored. Mm. And usually it was adults tutoring me. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, it's nice to read books about kids being entrepreneurial. That's true. Um, I never really did a summer camp. Like, all I had was summer school. The closest thing to summer camp I had was, like, math camp. It wasn't even math camp. It was just take trigonometry during the summer at Jaime Escalante's um, math program at East Los Angeles College so I can skip a grade and take pre-calc um, as a sophomore. It's interesting that it's an art camp because as someone who like did visual arts all the way up until senior year in um, high school, <laughs> I just went to an art school. And literally, that was like my summer, <laughs> going to cram school, going to Korean school, and going to art school. Yeah. Pretty much schooling. Sounds about all the time. right. All right. Next up, in a six-figure auction, Harper Voyager acquired Thea Guanzon's debut trilogy, The Hurricane Wars. The series is described as an enemies-to-lovers fantasy romance set in a Southeast Asian-inspired world of magic, airships, and strange beasts. The first book under contract is set for fall 2023. Man, say less. This sounds great already. Like, it's hitting every single one of both of our buttons. The Asian-inspired fantasy and the enemies-to-lovers romance. And airships. (laughs) Yay, it sounds... You know, there's a mix of steampunk there. Yeah, excited to learn more. Um, it's going to be a trilogy. So obviously, um, this first book is probably going to end on a cliffhanger, which, you know, as long as you know there's a trilogy coming, I think it's fine. I think a lot of times I have been tricked into thinking something's a series when it's actually standalone. And I'm glad this won't be the case. I can go in with the correct <laughs> expectations. That's true. We've read a couple of books for book club where we're like, oh, there's a sequel coming out, right? <laughs> and then we talk to the authors and the author's like, actually, I did not get signed for a second book for, for a sequel. Uh, and I'm like, yeah. why? <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, next up, HarperCollins has acquired Lulu Singatella and the Tagalog Gods by Gail D. Villanueva. In book one of this middle-grade fantasy duology, 11-year-old bisexual and epileptic Lulu discovers that the Philippines she thought she knew is actually full of magical creatures and middling gods. When Lulu and her sister set out to rescue their kidnapped mother, the girls find themselves fighting a powerful enemy, a vengeful spirit whose centuries-old grudge could end the world. Publication for book one is set for fall 2023. I love how all these Asian evil spirits have a grudge 
and oh, so Asian, <laughs> the ones right? who are freaking happen. <laughs> yeah, we could hold grudges for a really long time. Our ghosts are pretty scary. <laughs> I love that we're getting more stories about Asian pantheons, too. I think, um, you know, I mean, I'm sure Percy Jackson is great, but I want to learn about other gods other than like Zeus and Hera or whatever. And I like the fact that the main character is bisexual, an 11-year-old bisexual. And I feel like we don't see young protagonists who are uh, shown as queer. So I'm really glad that we're getting more representation there. Yeah. Also, up front, it's a duology. So again, yeah. setting expectations correctly. <laughs> All right. Next up, Melissa De La Cruz's first YA thriller, The Headmaster's List, is a story pitched as One of Us is Lying meets Riverdale. And it follows a student at an elite L.A. private school who is killed in a car crash. Uh, who was driving and who was at fault? Who knows? In a place ruled by privilege and pedigree, the answers can only come at a deadly price. Publication is slated for winter 2023. A lot of private school and boarding school uh, stories coming out this um, next year in <laughs> yeah. 2024. Yeah, this sounds dark and messy. Um, L.A. Rich Kids Drama is something that I am not familiar with, having gone to uh, public school in a lower middle class neighborhood. Um, but I guess, you know, when your parents are powerful people, that type of darkness seeps into the children's lives, I guess. Um, I do love that Melissa De La Cruz seems like she's like collecting all of the different genres of the YA like universe. Um, she's done romance. She's done historical fiction fantasy. she's in fantasy and now she's into thrillers yeah yeah all right next up little brown has acquired world rights to they a middle grade graphic novel written by mary naomi and illustrated by trung lane win a chance befriending of two members of a popular j-pop band helps yuko learn to reconcile the two halves of her american and japanese identity publication is scheduled for fall 2026 wow this one's a ways away but finally a J-pop inspired story in the sea, this ocean of K-pop that we've been wandering <laughs> through the last few years. I listened to a lot of J-rock uh, back in high school, but that's because I was I was into anime. I still am into anime. I want to say most of my J-pop like library in college was probably anime music. To be fair, <laughs> when I went to Japan for the first time when I was like seventeen, I think. Actually, no, I was. I was younger, but I went to a Japanese uh, record shop and I made sure to like buy all of the J-pop, J-rock singers that I follow. <laughs> I bought a copy of Utada Hikaru's uh, I was going to say, album, probably some Utada, And it was right? signed, too. <laughs> it was signed. And I spent so much money on it. And my mom was just like, why are you spending so much money on this? It's it's a CD, and I'm like, but it's Utada Hikaru. You don't understand how hard this is to get here. That's true. All right, next up. Dial has bought on an exclusive submission world rights to Adib Koram's Bijan Always Wins, a picture book about a child who sees every activity as something to be won, but risks losing his friends in the process. Michelle Tran will be the illustrator. Publication is slated for summer 2024. Yo, if this is not like all Asian kids who are being pitted against each other because of their parents. Did you have a friend like this who made everything into a competition? I feel like I was that friend. I made everything <laughs> into a competition. I was going to say, if you didn't have anyone like that, you were probably the friend. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had one in college, which... um. 
it wasn't as like I must defeat you academically type of rivalries. It was just more basically everything just was, was just a competition, um, specifically board games. And so it got to the point where my entire goal whenever I was playing with this person is just to make sure they didn't win. Like I didn't care if I won or not, but as long as they didn't win, it was a victory in my book. And yeah. <laughs> You got pretty petty. I was the type of person where if I knew that I was not going to win a game, I would sabotage it <laughs> so that no one else would win. Jeez, you're taking your ball and going home. Oh. But I kept all of my friends. My <laughs> friends love the fact that I am like, <laughs> I, I go pretty hard on yeah. the competition. Sometimes you need someone to up everyone else's game. You know, that's just the way it is. That's true. Yeah. Also, we like made a lot of bets and people who lost would get punishments. So there was like oh. extra stake in it. We did that too Extra in high skin in the game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, congrats to Adib Karam on his new picture book. Um, next up, Popper Collins Tegan has bought rights to The Boyfriend Wish by Swati Tirdala, the author's first YA romantic comedy. After a homecoming date proposal gone wrong, Deepa makes a wish on a rare and magical flower for the perfect boyfriend. The next day, a new neighbor moves in who fits her list, almost as if her wish has come true. To find out for sure, Deepa must kiss him. Ooh, that escalated. Um, but the more she plans the perfect kiss, the more she questions whether she might be choosing the wrong boy. Publication is set for winter 2024. Wow. I'm trying this, to think what this reminds me of. This kind of reminds me of 13 going on 30, but that's <laughs> not the same plot at all. I guess it's just the the magic, magical yeah. wish. Yeah. I mean, similar. this sounds, you know, cute. Also sounds messy. Um, kind of gives me vibes of like, never have I ever. Um, homecoming date proposals is something that um, I thankfully missed in my youth. Um, it's something that's emerged in the, in the age of like Instagram and TikTok. So uh, so I'm glad I didn't have to do any of that stuff when I was a kid. <laughs> I mean, my generation had like prom and homecoming proposals, but we just didn't have social media where <laughs> you would like show it off to to everyone and try to like top each other. Oh, I feel like it's become like really, really ostentatious in yeah. the last couple of years. When I was in high school, it was more like, oh, we have to like play it off to be as cool as possible. Like, hey, you want to you know, come to dance with me? It'd be cool if you did, you know, or we're not, whatever. <laughs> I think for my homecoming proposal, the guy gave chocolates to like all of my teachers, I think. And then I would like get treats in each period. Oh, that's that's some like... That's some That's like mastermind right? manipulation shit, right? That's like, <laughs> I mean, it was a fr- it was a friend, so um, it wasn't creepy in in my eyes. I was like, oh. I'm gonna bribe your bosses to give you special treatment. I will take the bribes, okay? Like chocolate and snacks are most welcome. <laughs> All right, next up, Scholastic has acquired world rights to We Who Produce Pearls by Joanna Ho, the author of Eyes That Kiss in the Corners and Eyes That Speak to the Stars. The book will be illustrated by artist and activist Amanda Fingbori Pakia. This poetic picture book about Asian American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander history in the vein of The Undefeated highlights the voices, power, and strength in these rich and diverse communities. Publication is expected for spring 2024. 
You know, it's never too late to teach kids that Asian is not a monolith and neither is the AAPI label. And I kind of love, you know, it might seem like it's doing a lot of things, but this book is definitely breaking down that monolith to, you know, teach kids that there are a lot of different cultures inside this umbrella that is more of a political term than like a cultural one, which, you know, is something that us in the AAPI community has always been um, trying to advocate for. Yeah, I hope that there's a little bit more of Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander representation in this picture book. We don't know how diverse it is, but uh, Joanna Ho is an awesome author, so I'm pretty sure that there's going to be additional representation in that area. Yeah, looking forward to, um, you know, my my nieces and nephews are getting too old for picture books now, but um, my friends are having kids, so I'll, I'll save a couple of these <laughs> for them. All right, next up, Kanaf has acquired world rights to The Spice Box, written by Mira Saram and illustrated by Sanya Prabhat. This picture book introduces readers to a boy named Rishi who longs to cook curry alongside his father with the delicious flavors from his family's spice box, which has been passed down through generations. Publication is set for spring 2024. Man, I want some curry now. I was really fortunate to have Indian American friends growing up in high school. And whenever I would go over to their house, they would have really good Indian food. Mm. And I would have authentic curry. And it was awesome. I love the fact that this is a father-son story. And it's about cooking together. And I feel like I don't really see that kind of bond with father-son relationships. Usually it's like grandmother and grandchild or mother and daughter. Yeah. So I feel like it's flipping the script a little bit. Yeah. All right. Next up, Knopf acquired in an exclusive submission world rights for Min Le and Dan Santat's new collaboration, Built to Last, as well as another untitled picture book by Min. In this picture book about perseverance and friendship, two friends love building things together. So everything they make ends up falling apart in spectacular fashion. Everything that is, except for their friendship. Publication is set for summer 2024. This sounds cute. It reminds me of, you know, how, I don't know if this is how you were with your childhood friends, but we would just like make shit up all the time, like build things, like build random stuff out of Legos, you know, um, we would build pillow forts and whatever. And, you know, the best part of building something is destroying it afterwards, right? Just like letting it all fall apart. Um, Which, is that a metaphor? I don't know, but... Um, it sounds like a lot of fun. It really reminds me of like some of my um, old friendships. Have you ever gotten to the brink of ending a friendship because you guys were building Ikea furniture and you're both frustrated because it's not working? <laughs> I feel like a lot of couples like build Ikea furniture together and they get frustrated and then um, it's like. Not really. I'm good at building Ikea furniture, so <laughs> we don't oh, have that Well, problem. you're very lucky. <laughs> but speaking of Legos... I didn't really grow up building Legos, but my cousins were really into it. Mm. And from from their stories, apparently I used to destroy their Legos as a as a baby and as a child. So you should. um, (laughs) They were not happy about it. I think for a while they had like a really deep seated grudge. Oh, well, you know, whatever. But you can't end (laughs) family, apparently. Um, But yeah, this sounds like a lot of fun. And I'm sure um, teaching kids to, you know, be okay with things not being perfect 
and just trying and trying again is, you no, know, those are good lessons for children. Um, don't give up. All right. Next up, HarperCollins Tegan has bought world rights to Sunshine in the Monsoons by Tina Athade and illustrated by Archana Srinivasan. Sunshine in the Monsoons is a picture book set during the monsoon season in Goa, India, when a girl starts new traditions with her family and aging grandmother to find joy even on the rainiest of days. Publication is slated for summer 2025. Monsoon season in Asia is no joke. Yeah. Hey, so living here in Southern California for so many years, do you miss the rain? No. Actually, <laughs> that's not true. I do really like rain, um, but I don't like getting wet. So as long as I have an umbrella, as long as I'm inside, I'm okay. I hated the fact that in Manhattan, the way that the buildings are laid out, the rain would just go into your face because it forms a wind tunnel. Mm. So you're fighting horizontal rain. And I really hated that type of rain. So Rira loves the rain vibes, but not the rain physically. Yeah. yeah. I listen to a lot of uh, video game music with like rain oh, mixed yeah. in That's the best. to the background. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Animal Crossing music that plays in the rain. Mm. Amazing. It's very, very good for relaxing. (laughs) All right. Next up, FSG has bought world rights to Lucky Dogs, which is written and illustrated by Juwon Oh, the author of Our Favorite Day. Ruth can't have a dog now because she and her mother are soon moving. But before they leave, they foster three very lucky dogs, including Cody, who is in a doggy wheelchair. Publication is planned for fall 2023. This sounds cute, but man, pets are so much work. You have to like take care of them and feed them and scoop their poop. I just, the doggy in the wheelchair sounds so sad, <laughs> but so cute at the same time. Yeah, uh, I'm predicting that in the end, they will adopt their foster pets. Or they find new homes <laughs> and they're happy, hopefully. Yeah, well, congrats to Juan on his cute doggy book. Uh, moving on to our last book deal, uh, Quiltree has acquired world rights to Mixed Up Mooncakes by Christina Matula and Erica Lyons and illustrated by Tracy Supersack. In this biracial holiday story, a girl gets ready for both Sukkot and the Mid-Autumn Festival by baking a unique treat to celebrate her Jewish and Chinese heritage. Publication is set for fall 2024. Yeah, I was wondering when we'll get our holiday story. It's a two-for-one holiday story. Um... It's really interesting because I feel like as we go forward, um, we're going to see a lot more of this mixing of heritage and traditions, it, not only through like families, but also through communities that start, you know, coalescing, hopefully. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, May is also Jewish American Heritage Month. Is it? I did So that. it fits. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, it totally fits. Um, what do you think a mix of mooncake would be between um, Jewish and Chinese traditions? I would not know because I don't <laughs> know that many Jewish traditions. I'm trying to think of what a Jewish sweet is, and I, I'm drawing a blank. This is kind of a blind spot for me. So uh, so I guess I'm going to have to pick up this book to find out. Um, and that is our final book deal for the month. Uh, moving on to book news, we do have a couple stories, including, um, I guess, the biggest story that's been taking the Twitterverse by storm is this announcement of the Percy Jackson um, casting for, I guess, the upcoming Disney Plus television series, um, which this is, um, they made a movie before, right? Yes, they made a movie, which is funny because that also had diverse casting. So I don't know why people, <laughs> why people are so like set aback. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So I'm not as familiar with the Percy Jackson universe, but Rira, what's, what's up with Percy Jackson? 
Okay, so Leah Jeffries, a 12-year-old Black actress, she was the one who got the role of Annabeth Chase, which is a character initially written as white. And Rick Reardon, the author of Percy Jackson, released a statement after social media, like, kind of blew up over this news, and they started uh, attacking Leah online. A lot of, like, mean things were said. And you can read his statement uh, in its entirety on his website, but I'm just going to read an excerpt. You refuse to believe me, the guy who wrote the books and created these characters, when I say that these actors are perfect for the roles because of the talent they bring and the way they use their auditions to expand, improve, and electrify the lines they were given. Once you see Leah as Annabeth, she will become exactly the way you imagine Annabeth, assuming you give her that chance. But you refuse to credit that this may be true. You are judging her appropriateness for this role solely and exclusively on how she looks. She is a black girl playing someone who is described in the books as white. Friends, that is racism. Hmm. Oh, snap! Word. (laughs) This is... This is how you use your privilege to uplift others. This is how you become an ally. Because if I think about one really powerful white author uh, when it came to casting, uh, she did not do a very good job. I think we all know who I'm talking about. (laughs) I mean, also, things are always going to be changed in adaptations. Um, And I think expanding characters through casting whether or not it's color consciously casted um, i think is something that is a trend that i've enjoyed seeing in modern media just because this is how we get you know death patel playing david copperfield this is how we get like asian woman playing the main role in um that shadow and bone series which you know had its problems but at least you know they were trying i think people complain about this stuff they're trying to live in a world that like no longer exists and are very very mad about it I think it's really disrespectful and disgraceful that full-grown adults are attacking a 12-year-old online, saying that she's not fit for the role, and it's just like, don't you have better things to do? (laughs) Also, like, I really commend Leah Jeffries for having, like, such a strong spine because she posted a video online to the haters that were uh, sending her, like, death threats and whatnot. And she said, stop doing that. I know you think that it's going to hurt me. It's not. You're just wasting time. I'm still confident in myself. It just breaks my heart that, like, a 12-year-old girl has to stand up for herself against full-ass grown adults who, you know, are just upset that their childhood favorite character is not white. I mean, these are the people who will never be happy with an adaptation anyways, right? Like, I mean, this reminds me of the Hunger Games and the casting of Rue. And people flipped out because Rue was cast as a black character. And they're like, that doesn't like that doesn't make sense. Rue was white in the book, but actually Rue was black in the book, <laughs> if you read carefully. Like it literally says that Rue has deep brown skin. I mean, don't even when the character is black, they picture. Yeah, I mean, don't don't underestimate the power of like inserting yourself into the narrative, right? 
I mean, like I mentioned, I am not, I have zero knowledge of the Percy Jackson verse. Uh, so, I mean, if I watch the show, this will be my first exposure to this universe. So in my head, she will be black. So Also, um, just for the record, I don't know Percy Jackson. Like, I did not <laughs> grow up reading Percy Jackson either. So I'm pretty clueless in that field yeah. as well. But now I'm going to watch this just despite the haters. So congratulations. I'm going to be a fan. <laughs> I know this isn't exactly Asian American news, but I just thought that it was important to discuss because a lot of Asian American authors, um, you know, they they shared the statement and shared their opinions on it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's either this or book bans, right? And we've already covered book bans before. Um, it's still happening and it still sucks. All right. Um, and our last piece of news is actually something really exciting. Um, Rira is going to be representing the Books and Boba Book Club at Subtle Asian Book Con. Um, Rira, tell us um, what's going on. Okay. So Subtle Asian Book Club is hosting a virtual book conference on YouTube on May 28th at 9 a.m. Pacific time, meaning 12 p.m. Eastern time. And there's going to be a bunch of panels. Um, there's going to be panels for aspiring authors. Uh, there's going to be publishing professionals who are going to tell people how to get into publishing. There are authors who are going to be talking about fantasy world building and food in Asian literature. And the panel that I'm going to be in, it's called Let's Hit Up the Clubs because book club. Um, and I will be with booktubers and book club hosts Monica Kim of Magical Girl Society, Elias, Elias, shoot, Elias of the Late Night Book Club, and Janani of the Reading Color Book Club. Uh, so it should be fun. We're going to be talking about just building, I guess, like a warm community of book nerds, I'm <laughs> guessing. I don't know what we're actually going to talk about. We're just... Going to go with the flow, I guess. Yeah, it's happening on May 28th um, at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 p.m. Eastern time. Um, when is your panel specifically? Oh, it hasn't been listed yet, oh. but uh, they'll announce it on their website and also their social media. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they're get, they're doing giveaways too. So definitely check them out on social media. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'll be attending in the audience. I mean, it's weird because I'm not... I'm not really a social person, and I'm just, like, worried that I'm going to be really awkward in this panel. So please, if you can attend, please attend. <laughs> I think it'll be fine. I've seen you. I've seen you moderate panels, and I've seen you on panels. You're, you'll be great. Um, but, yeah, I guess that's the news of the month. Um, Rira, thanks again for compiling all of these stories. Um, and hopefully our readers have found something to add to their TBR lists. Uh, before we call it for this episode of Books and Boba, um, Rira, please remind us what we're reading for the month of May. So we are reading Grace D. Lee's Portrait of a Thief, which is a heist novel about a group of Chinese American students who are reclaiming, <laughs> let's say, uh, Chinese art and trying to return them to their homeland. So, yes, it's going to be a pretty fun read. Uh, I just started. I'm not a very good role model for book clubs because <laughs> I start late in my reading. But there's plenty of time to finish the book. So if you have not started, 
now's a good time. Yeah. We'll be discussing Portrait of a Thief at the end of the month. So if you've already finished the book and have some thoughts, please let us know on our Goodreads forums. Um, we do love to incorporate feedback from our club members in our podcasts. Uh, but on that note, that'll do it for this mid-month episode of Books and Boba. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, if you did enjoy our show, uh, please leave us a nice rating and review on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And help share us with friends who are interested in reading or might be interested in getting into reading. Um, every little bit helps us out as well. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you all next time on Books and Boba. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Books and Boba. This podcast was hosted by Marvin Yue and Rira Yu and edited and produced by Marvin Yue. Follow the book club on Twitter and Instagram by going to at Books and Boba and engage with us on Goodreads on our Goodreads group. You can also check out past episodes of the podcast by going to booksandboba.com and by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget, you can support Books and Boba and Asian American authors by purchasing books at our bookshop.org account. Check out the link in our show notes and also at booksandboba.com. Books and Boba is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. Learn more about the collective and check out our fellow Potluck shows by visiting the website podcastpotluck.com. Thanks for listening. Life gets a little crazy sometimes. Sometimes it's confusing, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's beautiful, and sometimes it can just piss us off. Enter First of All Podcast. It's a safe space for real conversations about the things that we all struggle with, celebrate, contemplate, and work through in our daily lives. I'm your host, Mindy Chang. I'm an actor, filmmaker, and entrepreneur with a colorful background, a full life, and brilliant friends who I love to unpack life with to share with all of you. They are everyday people like you and me, ranging from award-winning artists, cultural icons, powerful CEOs, my hilarious childhood friends, and even my mom. Tune in for honest conversations on mental health, dating, sex, family, career, culture, and everything in between. Listen to First of All wherever you find podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.